Hi, welcome to the Lima Reads podcast. This is where you can hear from Lima Public Library staff about our all-time favorite authors and stories and what we're currently reading. You may also hear news about the library and our community. Hi everyone, this is Danny, and I have Monique with me again today. What are we talking about? Today I have a book that is the definitive visual guide to art. I guess this would be like a coffee coffee table. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty hefty size book there. It's pretty big. It's a couple couple inches wide. Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people aren't aware that we have these massive books in the library that are meant to um, really showcase images mm-hmm. and um, images on a variety of different topics. So if you haven't ever, check out our Memorial Book Room. It has all of our oversized materials and um, they're just really interesting to peruse. So this is the first time I'm seeing this one. It looks newer and yes. fun. So the cover is bright pink, so you definitely won't miss it when you are looking for it. I like the color black. Mm-hmm. Uh, just is pretty. I yeah. like that. Um, but this is um, cool. I think I'm the second person to hold this because mm-hmm. um, when it was donated, it was on the shelf and it didn't have any labels or anything. Oh. And I said, <laughs> I want that after that first person gets uh-huh. a hold of it. Yeah. So, um, oh, so that's another thing. Um, this has a, um, a memorial plaque in it. So someone actually donated this to the library in memory of someone else. That's a service that we provide to our community. So if you feel like somebody is celebrating something big in their lives or um, they've passed and they were really a book lover, you can donate uh, a book to the library and then it lives here and everyone can enjoy it. So anyway, tell me more about this particular book. Well, I... I love art. Um, I consider myself an artist. I like to paint. I like to make things, crafts, so all that stuff. So this is something that I instantly said, I I have to look at this, at least flip through a couple pages. Mm -hmm. So um, over the weekend, I looked at this and um, I picked out, um, I marked a couple um, of the different pages throughout the book because it's more like a timeline. It breaks it up in Mm -hmm. um, types of... uh, I guess like a genre, if you want to call it that. Genres of art. Okay, yes. cool. Um, so there's like, um, and it goes from the beginning to like more modern art. Mm-hmm. And the first half is all the classical, Baroque, and Renaissance covers everything. And mm-hmm. there's detail on um, how a portrait is staged to be more appealing, um, <laughs> how um, sh- lights and shadows are used. Um, this first page that I marked in is page 23, actually no, it's page 22 that I marked and, um, the painting in the center is kind of highlighted and it is the, let's see, this one is the execution of Lady, of Lady Jane Grey, um, and it's, oh, Paul Dela, I'm not Dela, good with French or anything. Dela, Dela Roche, done Dela in Roche. 1833. Okay, yeah. I totally butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I hadn't seen this one. Um, um, yeah, it's interesting. In color. There was a book that I, I don't even know the name of the book, but there was a book that I had before when I, I think when I was in school. And mm-hmm. sadly, a lot of the pictures were like black and white, which oh, did that's, not help. That, yeah, that's not it a good horrible. way to do an so, art book at all. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't see what the point was, but it was mostly 
text and there was a few pictures so i guess it was just cheap and they didn't care Mm -hmm. but um this really puts it in a new light quite literally and Mm -hmm. you can see more of the color and appreciate the so her dress is just so vibrant she almost looks angelic here Mm -hmm. what is that um that called is it like kiero's obscure yeah Yeah. okay so when the the use of light to really focus in on one particular person or item within the painting Mm -hmm. yeah this is um odd what about it appealed to you that you were like wow this is a really aside from it you know seeing it in black and white versus color now right well this one like you said, you notice the dress first off when you look at it. And mm-hmm. it's the way it's staged. She is basically um, positioned in the painting at the very center. But it's mm-hmm. more like an A-line um, shape that her whole figure is mm-hmm. um, taking up in the picture in the center. Um, and it's showing her before she's being executed. I mean, earlier, You can't get much more dramatic than right, that. <laughs> right. It's, um, it's real dramatic. They're kind of, they have her on her knees, they're leading her down, and there's the block where her head would go, and then mm-hmm. they just lop it off right there. And then they have the executioner on the side who is wearing the brightest colored tights I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it's just funny. It's just like, it's a, not funny, but it's like realistic, more realistic than... Um, Sort of the stuff that the style that we see today, yeah. Which I do appreciate the old style better than mm-hmm. or um, anything that's not modern or right. Post. I think there was this like golden age of art where they wanted to be very realistic and true. Mm. I mean, um, sort of very early art that we know about. The figures aren't necessarily; they're very flat and not. Mm-hmm what we would think of as a person necessarily or uh, portraying a person. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there was this golden age of, I want to make this person in my Mm -hmm. painting look as close to an actual person as I can possibly Mm -hmm. um, get. And now we've kind of moved away Mm -hmm. from that and we're Mm -hmm. more obscuring people and images and more modern art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're very much more... I say more mythical looking, especially when you see like portraits of angels. Like mm-hmm. in the same page, there are a lot of depictions of uh, biblical um, characters mm-hmm. and um, angels. People, I mean, they have wings and um, they look more mythical because they don't really look. You don't see the dirty side of the person. They were more. Right. The artists were more focused on making it beautiful and mm-hmm. appealing versus um, more like the grittiness that people mm-hmm. portray in art today. Not that there isn't anyone who is painting anything pretty or... Um... Right, the focus is just different. I mean, um, I think as a culture, we've progressed so much because the, at the time period that this this painting was done, the whole world was kind of dirty. I mean, people didn't necessarily bathe on a regular no, basis. So, <laughs> so uh, an artist might look at their world and go, hmm to make this a little prettier than it actually is where today we maybe want to draw more attention to the the grittier side of life to to bring more attention to it as a a social aspect Mm -hmm. of art right well i how art is done and how it's viewed um has changed so much it's like we've lost the appreciation for it i think Mm -hmm. in the sense that we're trying to emulate or achieve something better that's why Mm -hmm. like rembrandt um 
Michelangelo and mm-hmm. Da Vinci, like the people you think of right offhand when you think yeah. of like masters, mm-hmm. they really they spent time on it and mm-hmm. it looks so beautiful and you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have like copies of it. We have prints of it. So right, on the right, calendar. Right. It's, it's everywhere. Not, yeah. And it's yeah. not the same as looking at the real piece and mm-hmm. appreciating the tiny brushstrokes. Okay. So I, I went on a trip to France when I was in high school and we went, I know it was so amazing, um, but we went to the Louvre and oh the, I was dead set. I, I got lost in the mm-hmm. Louvre first off. Mm-hmm. I got into this area that I was like, I don't know any of this artwork. I don't know where I am. My mm-hmm. group is somewhere else. And But I finally made my way to the Mona Lisa. And it was so odd mm-hmm. because it's behind plexiglass mm-hmm. that is all scratched up and smudged from people oh. putting their faces on it. Oh, no. Which, I mean, I'm glad that it's there that people aren't, like, yeah. actually touching it. But mm-hmm. it was so... I almost got a better view of the Mona Lisa Mm -hmm. in an art textbook rather than actually viewing it in person. It It was so disappointing. Oh, wow. It was terrible. And there was this huge crowd, so I couldn't get anywhere near it. And it was just like, I really, this was like the pinnacle of my trip. And let down. let down. Yeah. (laughs) That was horrible, actually. (laughs) It was was kind of sad. (laughs) Okay. So there I was able to see a few things that mm-hmm. I would never thought I would see in person. Mm-hmm. And it was actually amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I went to that one first and then I went to the contemporary one and it was horrible. So, okay. <laughs> so, so I grew up in the Cleveland area and the mm-hmm. Cleveland Museum of Art is an incredible place to be. But they have this very well-defined split. So you go into the museum and, mm-hmm. and they've got a really nice entrance and everything. But when you get to like the meat of of the um, displays, you, you have two different doorways. So yeah. you have to like make a conscious choice. I want to do classical art today. I want to do modern art today. Yeah. And it's it's like a an experience to mm-hmm. pick which which direction is right. right. Which way am I gonna exactly. go? Um, I always go for classical, by the way. Yeah, and I just... I, I appreciate that because <laughs> there's more to it. Um, not to say that there's no contemporary that's mm-hmm. doing anything that's making sense, mm-hmm. but I think it's just it's difficult to because you have to have so much of the story with with more modern art. Yeah, you have to know what the artist's intention was with mm-hmm. a piece and what what they were kind of experiencing in their lives versus mm-hmm. classical when it's it's much easier to go and appreciate the effort that went into the piece right. versus um, like a Jackson Pollock who just did like <sighs> spray. <Don't laughs> it's not stuff. spray painting, but yeah. like drip um, yeah, pieces. paint all over the place. Yeah, where, where the casual observer goes, well, I could do that. How come I'm not a millionaire? Right. And there's so much more to it, definitely, but... Mm-hmm. But it's just easier to appreciate the effort and mastery that goes into those mm-hmm. classical pieces. Yeah. In my opinion, I something like that, he's the one person that every mm-hmm. time you bring it up, I'm like, oh, it's pure nonsense. <laughs> because it's like, it kind of depreciates mm-hmm. art. But yeah, that's just a rabbit hole that I don't need to go down. <laughs> All right. Sounds um, good. What se- is this next painting? This next one, um, this is covering um, Ottoman. So this is like circa 1300 1932 um and this is on page 288 and it's all islamic art um and i really 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 like this um maybe like six pages that are covered and i've marked a couple of them because they focus on 
um, one in a couple of the um, mosques in Iran um, covered like the mosaics that are on the outside. They are so gorgeous. I'm like, <laughs> how? Yeah. How did they? And how time consuming. Exactly. It's very precise. Um, I don't read Arabic, so I don't mm-hmm. know what it says on the outside, but there is um, words on the outside in Islamic and Arabic. I mean, mm-hmm. and then um, on the actual dome on the outside, um, it's like a turquoise or more like a blue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very pretty. I don't know how it's maintained that shade all of like, these centuries later. What would you call like those um, Fabergé eggs? That's what mm-hmm. it kind of looks like. Yeah, on that's a good gold. Um, example. Yeah. Um, and then on in the other side of the page, there is um, a piece that looks like I believe this is a mosaic by an artist, and I'm really don't want to say it because I'm going to butcher it. Um, but it's from Iran, 1501, circa 1501. Um, and this one is a picture depicting, I believe, a prince and a princess, which I believe this is a prince right here, and the princess, mm-hmm. or multiple princesses in a garden. Mm-hmm. And it has a gate that's red and it's gilded, and there are trees that are blossoming, and then there are, um, flowers and rows in between the car- the figure standing in the um in the picture and this mm-hmm. one is really beautiful mm-hmm. and it's just i don't want to say gaudy because that's insulting but it's very it's, uh, gilded and yeah it's very stylized i mean um because it's done in mosaic it's hard to get that dimensionality that you can get with more um western european classical artists exactly. but but yeah, they definitely make use of really brilliant colors and they maintain that shade so wonderfully over the centuries. Um, so do you know the story behind the Well, this painting? one is showing, it, it just has a description of how it was like acquired mm-hmm. um, and how we still have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really give a backstory on who it is necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that's something, again, you would have to probably do a little research right. on. Well, and so many of these beautiful pieces get discovered, you know, they, they're they lost in some attic somewhere for right. hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And then you they're rediscovered and the story of that image um, or work is lost to time. But we can still appreciate the the beauty of it without necessarily knowing who who the characters are it's like so intriguing to me their their use of the color gold golds and yellows mm-hmm. are so prominent in in islamic and persian art mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily something that i mean there's some christian um artistry that that uses gold to sort of uh indicate angelic figures or Mm -hmm. um divine figures Mm -hmm. but it's just not seen as much in western art and it's really that difference is intriguing Mm -hmm. and then they're on the second page well a little bit after on 291 um there is a painting at the bottom and it's really pretty it's a lot of green Mm. and it's depicting um a scene in war where they use elephants and historically Mm -hmm. you can look that up and say oh they used elephants but this is a real good i guess image to show at the time how how did they use them yeah because it's not really something that you think about when you're thinking about a battle 
an elephant. How, elephant. How, how would that work, you know? Maybe from um, Lord of the Rings. Like oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Gives you, good you know, it's interesting. The tusks here look kind of um, like they would have some gold in them mm-hmm. to, to make them brighter or shiny in the this image. This may be rope. Oh, maybe, because, you, know, you know, what wild elephant wants to be ridden by a bunch <laughs> <Right>. of <laughs> warriors? Right. Sure. But they are, um, and then there's a row right in front of the elephants. There's, like, um, five of the elephants in the picture, but there's a row of oxen right in front, and men are riding the oxen as well. Hmm. And there are lions, which I'm assuming are from the opposing, whoever they're going after right, in yeah. this war, um, are attacking the the oxen and the elephant. What time um, period is this from? Is this maybe like Alexander the Great conquering India? Um, this is showing... We're trying to conquer India. Shah, Jaza- Shah Jahan in his Agra palace and it was seized by... Well, no, it was seized in 1658. Oh, yeah, so that's not so Alexander the Great. This Never is um, Yeah, this is showing someone getting their stuff taken away. <laughs> yeah. You can see the chaos, you can see, but it's very, um, it's, it's just stuck in one place. It's not really, mm-hmm. it it's is a, moving, but it's a snapshot flat. of the, of the chaos. And... Mm-hmm. and then the very last, I picked a bunch that probably wouldn't be, um, that well known. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the impressionists are my favorite. <laughs> Everybody has that calendar. And I recently got one <laughs> when I got my car, I took my car in mm-hmm. and I got a, an impressionist calendar but it had Monet and mm-hmm. Degas and you know so um but I picked um Pizarro which he might be fairly recognizable to people mm-hmm. um but I picked this one because I just love the scene it, okay so this is my favorite thing about the impressionists because the way that they're, they're styling their images, it looks like there is water everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I love it because I love the rain. Mm-hmm. So every picture that I see by an impressionist, most every picture by an impressionist, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's raining. Or, oh, there's like a fine mist today. Right. Or there's water left on the street from it when it rained earlier in the morning. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that feeling of an early morning, like right. dew just, you know, still drying. Exactly. Yeah. And this could be a reflection in the water for mm-hmm. sure. Like if this was the image and you were, the, I feel like you could walk into this mm-hmm. and that's yes. what is so, is inviting, but you can tell it's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like there's a carriage, there's a few people in the street mm-hmm. and there's a buildings to the left. There are a few buildings to the left and there are trees, but it's very pretty. It's not really sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors aren't really bright. Um, a lot of the... Yeah, the tones are fairly muted, which mm-hmm. is... Which is accurate. If if it were rainy or foggy that day, the colors on a tree would not be a vivid green. They would right. be muted because, you know, you're seeing through mist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing with, um, and if you do check out this book and check out the Impressionism, um, and this is covering all 19th century Impressionism, um, the thing that makes it Impressionistic is that it's really just... I don't know how else to describe it, but like a pressing. It's not trying to make definite lines mm-hmm. or um, distinctive faces or mm-hmm. something that you can actually 
um, be recognize, recognized mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of right. brush strokes. You can you recognize can that it's a street. You can recognize that it's a tree, but it's not like rigidly defined exactly. as such. Um, it's not painted in detail like yeah. the Baroque and the mm-hmm. earlier pictures yeah. um, before in the in the book. And then there are um, this one down here I really like. It's a forest scene. Mm-hmm. And I did. I had to look at it a couple times, but there are people down here which I didn't see before. Oh yeah, but I see them. That you pointed it out. It looks like a woman and maybe a child. I could be wrong, but the face—they have no faces. Mm-hmm. You're just focused on the forest and the foreground, mm-hmm. and then in the back there is a little village area or what may be like a church or one building right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. So what I love, I don't know about you, but what I love about art, aside from the very, you know, basic, it's very beautiful, mm-hmm. is that it tells a story. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what's appealing about mm-hmm. artwork. Because every time that you look at like, say, a Degas dance class, you can see like, I don't really know this particular little girl, but I bet that she really loved this dance class because she's she's paying such attention to the dance master mm-hmm. and she's standing just so and her costume is so pretty and mm-hmm. I bet she was really, you know, enjoying this day. That's what I love about art right. is that it's conveying that story or that feeling right. aside from just, oh, look, that's pretty. Right, exactly. And that's what matters. And I think that's what they intend when mm-hmm. they paint this stuff. Well, mm-hmm. when they did, because right. they're all gone. <laughs> but um, that's what they would want from that. And mm-hmm. some of these artists, like he did, uh, Lautrec over here on this side, did a lot of um, advertisement. Mm-hmm. And that was how he made you know, got his bread and butter. Right, water. right. Because, you know, art artwork doesn't pay well until you're really no, famous. It usually doesn't dead. happen until you're dead. <laughs> Only posthumously can yes. you be successful as an artist, apparently. Yes, absolutely. But um, you could tell where these guys went. It mm-hmm. tells about their lives as well. Like mm-hmm. Van Gogh, he would spend a lot of time outside in the mm-hmm. fields, sunflowers, mm-hmm. and outside of churches. He just painted everything that he thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And even though it may not be... Um, pleasing to you necessarily as far mm-hmm. as like how it's done but it definitely shows that the artist took the time mm-hmm. and that they were impressed and that they had mm-hmm. it had some significance to them so right, that's right. what makes the difference for sure all right well thank you for sharing this book no so be sure to check out the memorial book room that has our oversized book collection and also if you weren't aware the library also circulates some framed art so if you are in the mood to have a new fresh painting in your um, home you can take out our framed art and we have a wide range of styles and subject matter so definitely uh, come in and browse. Thanks for listening to Lima Reads. Keep the conversation going by commenting on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Lima Public Library. 